Welcome to episode 18 of Laser. After a long hiatus, we're back to discuss the recent SpaceX and Boeing contracts for bringing NASA astronauts to the International Space Station. Then, some life comforts on the space station, including the new ISS espresso machine and a 3D printer on the space station. Hello? Hello. Hey, what happened? Uh, I'm not sure. Now that I live in the great state of Oregon, I am uh, blessed with only Comcast as my internet provider. Yeah, that's not so great. We have a theme for this week. What no. are we going to call the theme? I mean, we we pretty clearly have one, but I don't know how to how to name it anything. Okay. All right. well, I don't know uh, what the theme is. It's something about space, and I mean, you've got all the essentials: three D printing and espresso. I yeah. would like to print a cup to drink espresso. <laughs> exactly. You, I don't that, but it's in space. Well, it'll be kind of like uh like a little little container with a nozzle. Okay. And a, t- a hole in the back that's like a carb, so that I can suck through it, because you know it needs a it needs a breather hole, otherwise you won't be able to get anything out of it, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's got like two plugs. You like open both plugs, you put your finger over one of them, and then you like when you want to drink some of it, which you do. Wait, 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 wait. All right, guys. It's you never put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. So, so do we want to uh, back this up and and introduce the show? Sure. sure. Hello, and welcome to the Laser Podcast. Uh, after a very long time, I'm uh, Cameron Copas, and the co-hosts today are Emily, who recently has moved to uh, Portland. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Port foreign South. country, right? It, um, you know, it's more familiar than you'd expect. It to be. Okay. I guess Tempe is kind of a uh, hipstery. Yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of like Tempe's dream. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what Tempe yeah. aims to be one day <laughs> when it grows up. When Tempe grows up, it might someday. Yeah, I think it will. And, uh, Emily, you recently got your master's degree. Yes, I did. Yes, so I think this is the first one since then, right? Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Like, thank you. I kind of, like, shut this off because I was like, oh, I gotta finish. So you guys have fun for the next couple months. Yeah. <laughs> but it was but... worth it. It's totally <laughs> worth it. 
I, I'm, supposed to graduate. I'm supposed to graduate soon. I have to write it. I have basically like two weeks to write a thesis that I just started today. Yeah. Hey, knew it. <laughs> yeah. On, on paper, Emily and I finished at the same time, right? Yeah. Although yeah. You, you defended your thesis way before I did, but. I didn't defend anything. I turned in a report. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did a non-thesis. Okay. I forgot I that. I totally did a non-thesis, well. which is good. <laughs> well, my thesis, my master's thesis is what uh, kind of took a two-month hiatus in this podcast. Yeah, it's okay. And, uh, yeah. It's okay. important. It was important. And Newman yelling at you 24-7. That too. Well, it also didn't help that the week after I handed in my master's thesis, my computer literally exploded or burned. <laughs> it did? Yeah, it did. Okay, and then uh, our third host is uh, Alex, who is working on his master's degree, and he is growing uh, iron pyrite thin films for solar cells, or he wants to say photovoltaics. Photovoltaics? I mean, you could say solar cells, but... Photovoltaics sounds fancier. We photovoltaics sounds fancy. <laughs> but it's also more specific. There are many other... There are actually many types of solar cells which are not really considered a photovoltaic. That's true. That's very true. Okay. So specifically, this is a photovoltaic. All right. Well, now that we've uh, got the introductions out of the way, we can go back to the thing that we've been talking about for uh, almost an hour now already. Really? About 30 yeah, minutes, probably. We always, we always do this. And yeah. Let's try not to do this too much, because i got to get up at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. You have a real job now. Yeah. I, got, I take the train. That's just more time to listen to podcasts. I really hope that I can get a job that lets me work the night shift so that I can continue being like a strange cave-dwelling hermit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That sounds good. Maybe you will. I hope so. That's the American dream. Yeah. Well, anyway, the theme we are talking about today, what's our, ah, we didn't come up with a name for the theme. Nope. Too busy talking about chrome cars. Dang it. What is the theme? The theme is things that we have put in space. Uh, I think we're planning on putting it in space. Things that we have or will put in space. How about the theme is like space or bust? (laughs) Yeah, bro, space, bro. Space luxury? (laughs) Do you really need an espresso machine Let's call it 2001 Space Odyssey, the second coming. Okay, we'll call it. 2001, The Space Odyssey, 2, The Spacening. Spacening, yeah. Yeah, this time it's space... Spacing harder. Space harder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we are uh, talking about space, I think uh, very recently, kind of exciting to hear that NASA has awarded contracts for the very first private companies to take astronauts to the International Space Station. Yeah. And that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. No. So I guess the difference is we're not relying on government money anymore. Is that what this? That's the goal. Is that hopefully uh, competition and like private companies will reduce the cost of taking this space. Ah. Which it already is sort of. So like the 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 general rule of thumb for getting mass into space is that with the previous shuttle program, it cost about $10,000 a, ki- a kilogram. So that's quite a bit. But this oh, wow. new SpaceX Falcon shuttle is supposed to cost only about $5,000 a kilogram. 
because design for it is the is the the real integral thing. You know, we've always been able to send stuff in the space, but now they're actually designing vehicles like these to say this vehicle is designed specifically for a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's why it's so new. And I think it's also a little bit of like less bureaucracy. I mean, instead of Congress designing the shuttle system, uh, it's actual scientists doing it. Is that what do you mean, Congress deciding the shuttle system? Well, the shuttle the shuttle system was supposed to be this amazing thing, and uh, and then Congress decided to go with a different design. Uh, it was this thing where like they wouldn't approve the one that was necessary. They improved one that was way more expensive in the long run. Jeez. So, so we're trying to take the politics out of space exploration. Yeah, that'll be good. <sighs> okay. I mean, NASA does a really good job with the money it has, but the shuttle system was kind of a disaster, the shuttle program. I well, see. You know, there's a lot of people who make arguments for and against, like, privatization of certain things, but I think that anything that's, that's you know, technology-based that where there's some creativity involved, you know, like space, there's a lot of creativity involved. Like, wow, we're going to space. Like, what, what can we do next? You know? Yeah. So like, when that's, when, when you have that kind of thing, it's really the best, I think it's best in private hands because then they get to have specialized people who are investing their interest in this rather than people who are just looking at this for a short period of time while they're in Congress. Like, oh, guys, we have to make a decision on this stupid thing today. What do we do? Yeah. You know? And I think, <laughs> I really think it should just be like, more space. I know that sounds silly, but just the, as many people and as many different things in space as possible is the better. Oh yeah, I love that idea because then that means there's a greater chance of me being able to get to space somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> selfish means to use. Well, no, yes, they are selfish yes. means. It's not really selfish means. I think that if everybody has selfish means that are about us all getting to go to space, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm just I'm just teasing. No, that's really, you know, I, I I'm not always the greatest champion of capitalism, but I think this might be um be it good solution for it. <laughs> yeah, know? good good place for it to be. Yeah, it, it has its place. It yeah. has its merits, and this might actually be a case where it could be helpful. So NASA awarded contracts to both SpaceX and Boeing to bring astronauts into space, which is great. And uh, this is like after a four-year competition, and that included like getting just getting to space and getting uh, like delivering cargo to the space station and stuff like that. Wow. And so that's been going on for a while. And SpaceX has been, I think they like won the contract for delivering cargo to the space station a little while ago so they've been doing that um some of the other companies didn't really get it but they're they still have parts that other companies will be contracting for so this like boeing one is going to spacex is kind of like they're doing everything in-house they're going to have their own launch system and their own vehicles and everything to do everything but boeing is kind of going to hire someone else to do every little piece well, that's kind of how um, yeah, that's kind of how these uh, these uh, giant manufacturers work yeah. these days. Uh, they uh, they very large companies. Uh, actually, somebody where I work right now just uh, I think they just left Boeing and they were talking about how you know they they do so many things, but a lot of their stuff is contract subcontracted. Yeah, almost everything is. Yeah. And then there's just problems everywhere with the subcontracting model. I think. Yeah. I mean, not to hate on it. These defense no. contractors get they get a lot of good stuff done, but I don't know if it's the most efficient way to do it. 
Yeah, it's a it's an interesting approach, is what I will say about that. <laughs> yeah, and I think for the United States, getting just getting anybody to take our astronauts to space is really important. Because yeah. um, recently, the uh, we decommissioned the shuttle system or the last space shuttle. Yeah, I think two years ago. Yeah, uh, I think it was about two years ago. So we haven't been launching any people into space for a, a while. Um, but we still have astronauts going to and from the space station. Right. We've just been hiring Russia to send them into space. <laughs> so I think we're paying. Uh, what country they, sent the lizards? Yeah. They said 70 million, right? 70 million a person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a ticket to space is $70 million on the Russian Soyuz capsule. Well, and I'm not paying for a wedding. I'm just gonna save my money for that. Yeah. Were you were you planning to spend seventy million on your wedding? That's a that's a bit. <laughs> Can I come to his wedding? <laughs> Wait, is Actually, it in we're space? we're all going to space. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh man, but that that's a that's a heavy price tag though. Like, that's a heavy price, but it's not only the the price tag. There's also a, a big uh, political component to it too. Because uh, Russia recently moved the, a mandatory part of the, the training, the safety training for their space capsules, to the mm-hmm. part of the Ukraine that they just annexed. Oh, yeah. wow. So uh, there is some debate about whether United States astronauts or NASA astronauts will be allowed to go to this training. And right. uh, if they don't go to the training, Russia will automatically flunk them from the, the safety training and they can't go to space. Yeah. So, wait, wait, why would you, hold on, call me ignorant. Why would it be a problem for U.S. astronauts to go there? Because the, the United States doesn't recognize that uh, this is part of Russia. They think it. They say it's part of the Ukraine still. Okay. So what's wrong with sending people to Ukraine then? If it's technically Ukraine, what's, it's well, a disputed territory, and it could be um, the source of. Violence, yeah. and political conflict, and there, there's a war there going on, and we're sending them to a, a naval base in someone else's country. Uh, I see. Yeah, I it's, it's a dangerous endeavor. Oh, somehow more dangerous than sending people into space. Yeah, well, you know, more politically <laughs> dangerous at, politically at least, dangerous. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's that's kind of scary. I guess. Yeah, you have a good point. I guess so what date are we expecting to have these, uh, I guess, these vehicles? I don't know what the word yeah. would be. The, the contract says uh, 2017. They are supposed to, to get astronauts to the space station by that. Nice. But first they have to, something? like, what's that? What do, you call something? what do you call something that's like, okay, so you're getting in a car. I'm going to drive a car. I'm going to get in a train. I'm going to get in a plane, right? Do we call them spaceships if they go to space? Do we call them craft? Do we call them like capsules? Do we call what? What's the what's the word? I don't know. They're calling them vehicles in the article. Yeah. So capsules. there's no. It is a capsule. Uh, I like a robotic capsule. I think capsule is a specific kind because there's like there are launch vehicles and then there are space vehicles and those are different parts, right? Right. The capsule is the part that is in space. That, like the people will be sitting in, and the vehicle is the part that gets it from Earth to space. Mm, okay. If I am understanding correctly. Well, I guess we could start calling them spaceships. Uh, the... You are isolated. <laughs> is that how it works? 
So we don't have spaceships. So you're saying that we don't have any sort of spacecraft where the people who are in it can directly manually access the engine. Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. I don't think that would be safe. Well, you know why I bring this up? It's because think about every science fiction. I was going to say. Where people have some sort of, like, you know, really big advanced spaceship, like Star Trek or, you know. I was going to say we're not. (laughs) They can always go to the engine room, right? Like, oh, no, the engine, the core is shutting down. We have to get to the engine room and restart it. And, oh, no, what are we going to do? There's radiation and the aliens are coming. We've got to upgrade the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) We might have that someday. But what's, I mean, our engine room right now is basically just a giant tube of liquid oxygen and hydrogen that's shooting out the back of a tube with fire. That's true. It is basically just a giant directed bomb. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to think about it. So uh, I think that might be a little bit dangerous to allow crew access to the engine room. (laughs) As it is right now. As yeah. It's the factor of safety on the uh, the uh, highly directed bomb. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Another so, thing, I should have been a propulsion engineer. I could just be like, what do I think about all days? How do I make a really big, long-lasting boom in a tube? <laughs> and that's my job. I'm like, you know what? That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah. I think you could do a chemi- you could be a chemical engineer to do that, right? Yeah, I bet that's that's definitely involved with it. There, you know, there are people who actually specialize in propulsion. I think you can at some schools they'll actually have like a propulsion engineering program. All right. <laughs> Look up uh, Embry-Riddle. Have you ever heard of a school called Embry-Riddle? Oh, yeah. I applied to go there. You've So you've looked at the, like, the major lists, right? The, the things that you can major in there? Yep. Oh, my God. There's like They have like five or six different types of majors, which are all just like a part of physics. So you could like major in plasma physics. Yeah. And you could major in a high-energy physics. Like that's as an undergrad. It's like an undergrad-level thing. It's nutty. But it's like half technical degree, half engineering, or half uh, science degree. I feel like it's a really good type of degree to have, though. Absolutely. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's it's like combining technical degrees and science degrees. Yeah, it's kind of neat. It is. Yeah, it's a really it's kind of a new idea, and you know, I think that a lot of our education is. You know, to be honest, you go through the, you know, the standard, you know, get a bachelor's, get a master's, get a PhD thing. <laughs> a lot of it is not exactly that effective, you oh. know? Yeah, you go to Emperor, you just get a bachelor's degree and then get a job and you're pretty good. I feel like, you know, maybe those, a lot of those people, like, either they haven't learned, you know, Shakespeare, maybe, because I had to take some English class that was not really worth the time to I'm learn sure stuff. Th- you know, do you think that they learn stuff like that? Or do you think they pretty much just like, now we learn skills. Now we learn some information which pertains to the skills. Now we learn more skills. No, I'm sure they have some, like, basic, what are they called? Humanities or uh, core classes. Like gen eds, yeah. Gen yeah, eds gen eds or core classes or something. Just not as wide of a variety. I see. Probably. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, do you know? Do you know if it's if it's not really a gen ed type environment? I mean, it's definitely not that environment. You, yeah, but it's. I'm sure those classes are there that you probably still have to take. Okay. Yeah. All anyway. right. 
What else? Is there anything else you guys uh, think is interesting about these space rocket things? Oh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they um, finally put together in 2017. But, you know, come on, this is engineering. They're never going to meet that deadline, so probably like 2018. They'll meet the deadline. (laughs) I think they, they like, have to, and they're pretty close already. Yeah. Well, oh, wait, you did say they were working on it for a while, so. Yeah. And SpaceX is revising something they already designed. Yep. The cargo ship. They're basing the Dragon off of the Falcon or something, right? Something like that. The Dragon is the capsule, right, that has people in it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I see. Yeah, so they're going to do the Dragon 2. They already have a Dragon 1. Ah. I, I think. Dragon is an upgraded version of their capsule. Yeah, because they're already Falcon delivering 9. cargo to the space station. I mean, it's not that much more for, for people. It's just safety stuff and environmental stuff, right? Right. So, yeah. I mean, also, you know, it, they, they do want to expand the number of people they can take at once. Of course. I mean, they want to take, what, seven people at one time? Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be cool. But all those people on the space station, uh, when you're working all day and sleeping in a sleeping bag tied to the wall, you're gonna get pretty tired. Mhm. Uh, I think. Is I that what's like in the space station? Yeah, you get you you strap yourself into a sleeping bag against the wall. That makes sense because you can't lay on a bed. Yeah. Correct. And you basically just work and exercise or, all day. I wonder what it's like to be. You still there? They should have, like, simulators for that kind of stuff, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, they do. I think it's called, uh, it might be called hypoxia training. Something? Hypoxia training. You know, I think I'm a fan of the very loud keyboard because it adds some some uh, old-fashioned sound effects to our radio show. Yeah, science, a little science <laughs> sound It's altitude training. So here's, the, here's what altitude or hypoxia training is. Altitude training, also known as hypoxic training, involves exercising in, living in, or otherwise breathing oxygen-reduced air for the purpose of improved athletic performance, pre-acclimatization, or altitude and or physical wellness. Pre- sorry, pre-acclimatization to altitude and or physical wellness. Yeah. Hmm. So look at this picture. These guys are just like, they look like they're on these, like, bikes, like, like you know, workout gym bikes with like breathing it into bags, and they look exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of how training is, though, for stuff like Tour de France. Oh man! So anyway, yeah. so well, in space. Yeah, these, these astronauts. In space. <laughs> well, sort of, except you'll lose bone mass. Hey, you don't need that. Yeah, but you got to be in good enough shape to like do the altitude training. This looks hard. These guys oh yeah, are yeah, it's it's <laughs> tough. Yeah. <laughs> They are. Look, I'm looking at them right now. They're jacked. They're breathing in bags, and they're not having a good time. I <laughs> should talk to Chase about that. He went to space camp. Yeah. Yeah, why isn't Chase doing this? I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, these astronauts who are going to be tired in space because of all their hypoxia training and working all day, they're going to need some uh, some espresso to wake themselves up. Mmm. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So we can talk about... Uh, ISS Espresso. The ISS Espresso in the next Oh, I segment. bet they would love
socially say, well, everybody else is drinking it, so I'm going to like it, right? Right, right. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, he's back. You're talking the about uh, the acquired taste of coffee and how it's kind of like beer and that nobody picked up a beer for the first time and was like, yep, this is what I'm drinking forever. Yeah. <laughs> Takes a few tries. Same with coffee. You kind of like ease into it. You start taking away the sugar and cream after a while. And yep. And then you can start to enjoy it. Like, and the more yep. you like it, the more you like stouts. There you go. Mm. Did you guys hear about Starbucks? Uh, Michelle sent me this article the other day that Starbucks is experimenting with a beer-flavored coffee drink. Uh, it's uh, it's nah, supposed to I taste wanted, like Guinness. Nah, if I want something to be beer-flavored, I want it to be beer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't want anything else to taste like beer than beer. <laughs> Well, something that doesn't taste like beer is uh, espresso. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else doesn't taste like beer? Uh, everything else. <laughs> everything else that's not beer. No, I would say specifically what doesn't taste like beer is ABS plastic. Oh, are we talking about that instead? <laughs> oh, well, you wanted to talk about the other one. I, you know what? I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> you guys started talking about you did you didn't get the segue about like being Alex tired. Like, nope, let's segue again. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what's happening. We were already talking about coffee. We were already <laughs> talking about the coffee. And for some reason, you had not segued yet. And then I thought, okay, now we're segueing. So I did it. And then I was like, okay, wait. <laughs> but I was waiting for them because I don't know what's going on anymore. And so. that would it, we, can you just like use that later, Cameron? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna keep that. It seemed I'm, really flawless, like we just segued right into the 3D printing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could do that. I was gonna leave that in here just because it's funny. Oh, okay. Or you can do that. Yes. You know what? I will. I will let your artistic vision dictate how this podcast goes. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how how that goes when I'm stitching together 20 Skype files. Yeah. Stitch them together. Yeah. All right, so uh, the Italian Space Agency has announced that they are going to have a system, or they're going to launch a system into space and put it on the International Space Station for brewing espresso in space. Because you can't go a day without your caffeine intake. That was just too appalling for the... Um, for the Italian Space Agency. Yeah, I, well, I would be I would be sad if, if I couldn't have, have any coffee. I think they might have coffee, but it's like freeze dried coffee. Well, espresso is not coffee. No, or, it's well, it's not on par. It's not it's not the same. It's different, yeah. And I think it was started. So there was a comment that some Italian astronaut made. Uh, what are, what's an Italian astronaut called? Is this a joke? Do you have an answer or are you asking for real? No, like United States are astronauts, Russians are cosmonauts, Chinese are taikonauts. What's an Italian astronaut? I didn't realize uh, the Italian people had their own space agency. They, they, they do. They have yeah. people on the space station. Hmm. Pastanaut? I, that's, I think that's racist. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is too. <laughs> uh, I don't think they... I don't know. Google's not giving me a cute short name. Okay. Like. Well, this woman, uh, Samantha Cristoforetti, the who is the Italian astronaut, she's the first Italian in space, and she, I believe, she is currently in space, and she's going to go back at the end of the year and bring this espresso machine with her. Woo! Yeah. Awesome. She made a comment that. 
the thing she was missing in space was good espresso. <laughs> and her country delivered. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it looks like it took... by ...and allow her to be up there without it. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it took a few years of development to do, just because the building all the equipment for it is kind of tough, and they kind of have to make it, like, encapsulated... Right. Yeah, you can't exactly like tamp a bunch of uh, dry espresso grounds into it or coffee grounds into a. Oh man, what's that part called? Oh man, I, I'm I'm a terrible coffee person for not remembering. You're the only person who can know this, Cameron. The thing coffee. is called that you put the coffee the espresso in and tamp it down and. I don't know. It just makes a loud noise when they're cleaning it out. It does. <laughs> they slam it against the counter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, you can't really have loose coffee grounds in space because they would float no. all over and get into the air filter system. You need be inhaling coffee grounds. Yeah, although that might not be so bad, but I think your lungs would like to differ. <laughs> you could get a lungus. You could get a lungus. You could get a lungus. <laughs> all right. Anyways, so yeah. they have to pack them tightly in these little capsules. Kind of look like those Keurig cups. Same idea. Yeah. So it looks like they're. They're having the grounds in these in these packets that are sort of like K-cups or Keurig cups. And then it's supposed to make the espresso and pour it into this little pouch that's like a Capri Sun that the astronauts <laughs> drink with a straw. Uh, yeah. Coffee through a hot coffee through a straw. Well, it's in a foil Just pouch. Just like the mama used to make. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's uh, Capri Sun coffee. It's a really no. cool invention, you know? Yeah. Is it true that astronauts eat, like, pureed, like, baby food-type foods that are in tubes? Is that true? I think so. I think it's true, too, but, I, you know, I realize the only thing I know about it is that it's it's kind of depicted that way, but I realize I really don't know the reality of it, for sure, like, from a real source. I just know what Hollywood says about living in space. Yeah. Well, they've been working a lot about food in space, Recently, so like the the because they're worried about quality of life for long term space missions. Mm-hmm. So there really are, they're trying to make the food better. I think at first it really was just like tubes of uh, of paste. Do you ever hear that stuff called soylent? Yeah, I almost Alex and I almost got some soylent. Why didn't you do it? I want to know what it's. Like. I almost want to do it because I subject my body to terrible uh, nutrition experiments all the time. So I was really kind of curious about it. Hey, if if you guys want to, there's they have the pre-made stuff now. If you guys want to go in on a pack, we could split it. Yeah, ship it to Oregon. I'm interested in trying it actually because I feel like I don't get really the proper nutrition and stuff. And if I could just have quick shakes, it would really help me a lot in terms yeah. of feeling and working more effectively. And it'd be get way cheaper than Jimmy John's. Get you some Pediasure. It might be cheaper than Jimmy John's. But, oh, weren't we looking at it? It was like a dollar a day. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy John's is $10 a day if you go twice. That's true. 10 Oh, I, I can't forget. We don't have sales tax. Well, it's like it's $5 a sandwich, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's 5 Depends on which one you get, I guess. Yeah. Some of them are more expensive. Why are we talking about Jimmy John's? This is not a Jimmy John's commercial. <laughs> but they deliver so fast. Yep, they do. The guys on those bikes, man. The, the <laughs> guys, they are intense cyclists. You know what? I bet those guys drink espresso. <laughs> <laughs> but 
they got a, a secret. Uh, they keep it in these the astronaut pouches like this, so they can yeah. just sip it through a straw while they're bicycling. Yeah. I'll go straight to the of Venus. <laughs> so are these little pouches like insulated? Uh, they've got to be insulated. Uh, I assume they're insulated, although maybe the astronauts are just told will be told to wear gloves. <laughs> they have a lot of safety systems built into the the actual uh, espresso machine. So it says like it weighs twenty kilograms and can withstand. 400 bar of pressure mm-hmm. uh and so it's like a seriously heavy duty espresso oh, it's, machine it's the steel piping inside that can resist 400 bar of pressure yeah yeah the steel piping that all the the, uh, the water goes through because i think they really are worried about having boiling water bursting out into the space station because that could probably hurt a lot of people mm-hmm. and destroy a lot yeah. of equipment it ends up being boiling water bullets instead of just little... Uh... Yeah, that's probably bad. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. Well, that's really... That's a neat little uh, luxury. This is a neat little thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so when NASA is going to be taking us into space, I know I can still have espresso. Exactly. Which, as a uh, as a Portlander, this is really important to me now. <laughs> Is it, did you not drink espresso before you moved to Portland? No, I did. Well, I didn't. You know, most of like the uh, the fancy coffee drinks that you get, like your lattes and mochas and all that stuff, they're made with espresso. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Amazing. So yeah, I did drink that. Oh, okay. So I just drink them more often now because now they're only like a couple bucks, and because <laughs> there's no tax on anything here. All right. Well, I'll just not to get back tax. to it, but I just remembered something cool. What? A lot of the jobs that I've seen looking at, like, like, uh, jobs at, at, uh, the Jet Propulsion Lab, a, a number of them I've seen say, not a lot, but a, a handful of them have said that you need to be able to undergo hypoxic training <laughs> if yeah. you want to take this job. Like, you have to, you know, be willing to do this and, like, be physically able to do this. Because you might be an astronaut or because you might do something, I don't know. Because you might go into like like low orbit, like microgravity flights when they fly in just the right parabola. Cool, yeah. Like you might do that to like test stuff in in low gravity. That sounds neat. I apply for those jobs. I already did apply to one. All right, apply for more. Apply for a hundred jobs. Apply for all of them. Next job I seem like that, I will. <laughs> all right. Well, you know it doesn't taste like coffee. Or beer. It's plastic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, I think I've got one. All right. No, I lost it. Uh, should we talk about the uh, making your own cups 3D printer thing? Yeah. You know what yeah. doesn't taste like coffee? Jimmy John's. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy John's is not going to sponsor us. I don't know. How, I don't care how many times we put it in here. <laughs> if they sponsor us, they're going to give us a lot of sandwiches. Oh, my God. Speaking of... Uh, funding we bought a couch and alex and i bought a couch and we bought it through the podcast like link yeah to amazon so and it was a few hundred dollars so oh, i don't wow. know how much of a percentage we get but. that's cool we get we get a big pretty good percent cool it's like in the in the whole numbers that's good yeah so i'm getting a couch tomorrow and amazon is going to give you a percentage of like 370 something dollars we spent nice. on it so okay well, last oh, month well, we actually got sorry, another 20 no. bucks. Wait, let's talk about this at the end of the show. Okay, sorry. You're... I just wanted to tell you the good news. You're getting more money. <laughs> well, we we are. We are getting more money. Inadvertently, we get the money back. 
Anyway, so... Alright, how do we, uh... Man, I don't know. Do you want to drink espresso out of those little pouches? Wouldn't you rather have, like, a cup or something? I don't know. This is tacky. I'm done. <laughs> Someone else do it. <laughs> well, how, how did we talk about those cups? We were talking about cups earlier. You guys there? Yeah, I am. That's plastic, because we're going to 3D print a cup. For espresso. espresso. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if they, if, okay, fine. So if those astronauts don't want to drink out of a Capri Sun pouch, well, they're gonna have to anyway, cause they're still in space, but. <laughs> they can dream. They can put their Capri Sun pouch in a cup and then drink out of that. And, uh. Well, where are they gonna get that cup from, Cameron? Well, they would have to, uh, 3D print that cup. Ask nicely. <laughs> if, if only they had a 3D printer in space which we will talk about in the next segment. All right, that was terrible, but whatever. about 3d printers in space now cool okay. all right 3d printers yay yay everyone loves 3d printers 3d yeah. printers are like so hot right now i think i think this podcast likes to talk about 3d printers because they come up basically every other episode material scientists like to talk about 3d printers that's because they're so cool i know it's are just <laughs> can i put a 3d printer on my wedding registry why not <laughs> it's cheaper than like a china set yeah. And I'd way more useful. <laughs> right away, rather have that. Because you could, like, 3D print your China set. Except it would be not China. Anyway. Whatever. I would, build, I would build a 3D printer, and then I would use it to build a robot. And then I would use the robot to help me build another 3D printer. And then I use the two 3D printers to make another robot quicker. And then I have two robots. And then I use the two robots to help me build another 3D printer by printing the parts with the other two 3D printers. And the new 3D printer gets built even faster. And then I have three 3D printers to build another robot. Therefore, it gets built even faster because I have other robots to help me. Then I have another robot and I go build another 3D printer. It goes back and forth until I have millions of 3D printers and millions of robots. And before you know it, I've taken over the world. (laughs) Well, I would just 3D print a lot of puppy figurines. They call it. It's called accelerating returns. <laughs> I would be I would be experiencing accelerating returns with my ability to produce a 3D printed robot army. Isn't that like called a Fermi machine? Is it? Yeah, I've never that's, heard. Of it. That's part of the the Fermi paradox. It's like a machine that can make itself. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that in another one. For now, yeah. we are 3D printing in space. 3D printing in space. I think it's pretty. You know, I was trying to think about. They were saying this is specifically designed to work in zero gravity. And I was thinking about the 3D printers that I know about, and I'm thinking, is that really that much of a stretch? No, that's kind of what they're saying. There is, is a lot of it is, uh, really similar. Oh. Well, what were some of the, uh, like challenges that they'd have to address by it being in zero gravity? Well, I think part of it is like keeping everything 
the two things that I see are keeping the stuff that you've already printed where it belongs and yes. then making sure that the filament flows in the proper direction. Because like the way a, a normal filament extrusion 3D printer works is they, they're kind of based on gravity a little bit, where you assume mm-hmm. that when you turn it into a liquid and you push, it'll go down instead of like in all directions. Okay. Yeah, so there, that yeah, that might just be easy fixes with stuff like change the shape of the nozzle of the extrusion, the extrusion die, I guess, or nozzle. The angle at which it extrudes material. Yeah. And then the feed, some of the feed properties might have to change too. But this company has been working on it for a while, and this company is called uh, Made in Space. They are awesome. Uh, yeah, that's a great name for a company. And they've been thinking. What's that? I'm thinking. Have any either of you seen the Venture Brothers? This is a great Easter egg to throw in right here. <sighs> um, not enough episodes for this to. Please remain calm while we calibrate the nozzle. Please do not look away from the nozzle. The nozzle is now calibrating. The nozzle is still calibrating. <laughs> it's like you all have right. to see the scene. You have to see the scene with the. All right, never mind. I'll send it to both of you afterwards. You have to see the nozzle. Okay. okay. So. <laughs> This, this is just like a silly, cool thing to have on the space station. Uh, there's an estimate from NASA in this article that we are reading on Gizmag, which I don't know. It's not very well sourced, but they say that NASA estimates 30% of the parts on the ISS could be 3D printed. Really? So yeah. use it to like make replacement parts, I guess? Something use it to make us? replacement parts, or if... Say you designed a, an experiment. Right now you have to design an experiment and then like get it tested for spaceworthiness and it takes, and then finally launch it up into space and it takes years between your experiment being approved and it finally getting there. Oh my god. You yeah. could design an experiment and email it to the space station and they could print it and just be like, no, it doesn't work, sorry, and throw it away or grind it back up to reuse and that's it. Hmm. So it'd be, Really great. And then you can modify things. So say something breaks in space, usually they have to have spares or somehow fix it with whatever they have on hand. Right. I mean, right. I mean, you've all seen the old space movies where they only have, what, a wad of gum and a paperclip and they have to fix the computer? <laughs> yeah. All they have to do is slap the buttons really hard. Yeah, right. That's how you do it. If you hit them harder, it'll work. Yeah, but it'd be a lot easier if you could 3D print whatever parts you needed just right there. Yeah, and then you don't have to, you can just bring a bunch of plastic, which can be packed way more densely, and, you know, you don't have to stock all of these bulky parts, which may not be space efficient or may not be, you know, you know, made of all these more expensive materials they don't need to be made out of. Yep. Suddenly, you just bring plastic and a 3D printer, pretty much any part you need, you print them. Yeah. Fewer fewer blocks of rhodium and titanium things. And... Yeah, it'd be good. As little mass as possible as you can bring up and get as much stuff out of it, that'd be great. And if you have yeah. like a, a, a hopper and a, a filament extruder, you could reuse stuff in space too. So you could do recycling in space. Right. Mm-hmm. You use a part for something and as soon as you don't need this thing anymore, you can recycle. It's awesome. Yeah. So... This is just part of the uh, the 3D printing in zero G 3D printing in zero G technology demonstration experiment from NASA. 
And basically, they just want to show that specifically filament extrusion type 3D printing or additive manufacturing works in space basically the same way as it does on land or on Earth. They're using relatively low temperature plastic feedstock, and they're hoping that they can start to make stuff. But really, this is just really supposed to be a proof of concept. Okay, so the experiment to make it, the device that makes things for experiments is still an experiment right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know about this, uh, these technology readiness levels. I'm sure we could look this up, but they're hoping that this experiment will raise the 3D printing technology from a 5 to a 6. What is this arbitrary scale? Well, I, I'm sure it's it's published. Let's look up. Yeah, technology readiness scale. Technology readiness level. And I actually work in industry now, and I have never heard of this. But do you see it now? It's the what? first thing that comes up on the Wikipedia. Ah, thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> so one and two are basic research. Two and three and four are feasibility. Four and five... And six, kind of, our technology development. Six and seven, what? This is really confusing because they all overlap. Yeah. There's technology demonstration, then subsystem development, and then launch and operations. So this is just one of the middle steps, and they're hoping to eventually have a whole machine shop in space, which would be really great. Space machine shop! Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I, I am... I think would be cool thing for us to get papers on environmental engineering um you know for the goal of making like a garden that you take with you in space you know like a big one yeah like a space biodome yeah that'd be pretty cool <laughs> i know they've we, been we are about turning that, talking about that for a while but i don't know if they've actually i know they've done some plant growth in space but they haven't done like stuff that the astronauts are sustaining their life on but that's in the works no full-on horticulture yeah Greenhouse. I don't know. If we are turning into the space podcast, by the way, we keep talking about space stuff. Space is so cool. It is cool. It really is, you know? It's just, I don't know, just a, a trend that I noticed. Yeah, sorry. They're ah. just the easiest topics to, to talk about, I guess, because we all like them. Yeah, who doesn't like possibly living in space with my 3D printer and espresso machine? Yeah, that's all you I need. Really, I don't really need anything else. No. Can, can this 3D printer also be adapted to 3D print food. I yeah. think it's, it's filament be a extrusion. Cheese. Yeah, I think filament extrusion is like the, the kind of one that some people use to print food. But Didn't uh, MIT make that or something? I don't know, Ivy League schools that you could print food at some point. Yeah, there's some weird stuff. There's a lot of weird experiments with 3D printing food. Maybe we should talk about that in another episode. All right. But, yeah, at some point, maybe astronauts don't have to eat out of a bag. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So do you guys uh, have anything else to say? Yeah, that's my closing statement. One day astronauts won't, be able, won't have to eat out of bags. <laughs> <laughs> All thanks to 3D printers and espresso. Yeah. <laughs> and private space industry. Private space industry. Thank you, capitalism, for bringing back space exploration. <laughs> you think that we'll have space rats? I think we can have rats in and then they'll turn into different types. They'll, like, mutate into, like, space rats. I'd like yeah. to see that, actually. Sure. I would like to see space cause mammalian mutations. I would love to see my rat get, like, surgery or implants or something that make her 
as intelligent as a person. That's. Did you read Flowers for Algernon? Because that just ends up being sad. Yeah. <laughs> it, that book, I know it ends up being sad, but I want to see it anyway. As it happen. It'll be sad. It'll be sad, but it'll be touching. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And everyone, you'll learn something about yourself. You will, everyone will learn something about themselves. <laughs> All right, that's the important part. Yeah. Well, I guess we can uh, wrap this up if you guys don't have anything else cool to say about 3D printing. Yeah, no, three, that's uh, thanks for the uh, space-themed conversation here. This is some really cool stuff. I like, yeah. I, I don't know, I like that we're thinking beyond, like, okay bare essentials of what does an astronaut need in space. Now we're thinking about, well, what other kinds of cool features, amenities, whatnot. That's true. It's very nice. Oh, you know what I just realized? Hmm. We didn't say the sources for a single story today. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. thank you, everybody, for listening. And Hello, everyone. Yeah. We are, uh, we'll hopefully get this episode out soon and then get the next episode out also soon and not wait two months because now I have a computer and both Emily and I have our master's degrees and, uh, hey. a- Alex will have his soon. Most likely. Probably. Hopefully. Yeah. If he doesn't join the rat circus. I am the rat circus. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to help out the podcast, probably. The best way is to leave an iTunes review, but if you want to help us out financially, we need some. We always need a little bit more money for uh, microphones and maybe a, a better internet connection for Emily and myself. <laughs> uh, you can go to our website and use the Amazon affiliate link, and we get a percentage of whatever you buy using that link. We uh, we recently got twenty three dollars, thirty three dollars in the last two months. Yeah, we've we've made thirty three dollars in the last two months, so that's enough for a microphone for somebody. Awesome. Emily, you probably need a microphone. Yeah, you gonna mail it to me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> well, anything else? No. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for uh for skyping. Yeah, I missed you guys. Uh, yeah. I missed you. I know. Well, you just have to podcast more often. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for listening. This has been Laser. Let's agree science and engineering are rad. Show notes with links to everything we talked about are available on the website at laserpodcast.com. You can send us an email to contact at laserpodcast.com, contact us on Twitter at laserpodcast, or find us on Facebook or Google+. If you want to help out the podcast, you can tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, or you can use the Amazon affiliate link on our website before you make any Amazon purchases. Thanks to the band Crying for providing our intro music, and to The Wild for providing our outro music.
That's good. That's really dramatic. <laughs> What's dramatic? I don't know. Is that extreme typing, or are you slapping the table? Oh no, that's. I have a mechan. I have a mechanical keyboard, so it sounds a lot more intense when I type. I really want espresso. <laughs> I know, right? I feel like I should have made some or something. Not that I have an espresso machine. You're in Portland, don't they like? Give you an espresso machine when you move in? No, that's, that's Seattle. That's Seattle. Portland. <laughs> although, <laughs> although tomorrow is my birthday, so Starbucks should give me a free one. Hey, there you go. Uh, do they have those in Portland? Save this for coffee conversation, but they do have them. They're just in really stiff competition. Okay. Do people give you dirty looks if you go to Starbucks instead? No, no. Yeah, except they, there's a collective hatred to ska music out here. No one likes it. What? Yeah, everybody's into riverboat bands. <laughs> <laughs> riverboat bands. It's... I am gonna get. I'm gonna get a 3D printer. I've been looking at them, and I am gonna print. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna print, but I'm gonna print something good. I'm gonna print a bunch of things. You said that about your Arduino. Yeah, I haven't done anything with it. He just looks at it. Why don't you... I, I started learning it, and then the thing is, like, it's like a whole hobby. It's like a whole big hobby in itself. Like, it's not one of those things that you, like, pick up for, like, you know, 20 minutes on a Friday night, and you're like, this will be a nice little thing to do, right? Like, it takes a lot of thought and a lot of, like, it just takes a lot that I'm that I'm not really putting into it. Yes. This espresso machine kind of reminds me of the coffee maker at work, where you put in these little packets and it just like projectile <laughs> vomits coffee into your paper cup. <laughs> I'm serious. It just like gushes. It. it just like sits there for a few seconds. You hear the water boiling and suddenly it's just like. <laughs> Let's do all of this science. Let's do all of this science, all this engineering, millions and millions, billions of dollars, you know, hundreds of engineers, and all for what? To shoot a rap video in space. That's going to be how it ends. I think you're right. That's just the, yeah, that's the logical conclusion to all of this uh, space advancement. Yeah. SpaceX put this big cargo ship in space, and they're like, why are we doing this? Not so we can bring tools, not so we can bring food and other kinds of crazy stuff. It's so we can bring as many videos as possible. Uh, I said something about, like, how are they going to get those cups? Well, if only they had a 3D printer, they might be able to uh, make their own cup. Can you 3D print in space? Maybe we will talk about that in the next segment. And then... that was, sorry, that was too corny. Can't, we can't use that. We can't use that one. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That was my uh, 1950s commercial for uh, 3D printers. That's uh, I like that. How can I use these things? My lady brain is too small. <laughs> <laughs> what is the cycle of the moon? My womanly ways with the moon cycle might be just... I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, no. guys. <laughs> Are you, were you getting up to the point where you say that you were, she turns into a werewolf? <laughs> the moon cycle. You know, I'm
<laughs> bye. You should take over it. Bye. Yo, don't tap on that. Huh? Don't tap on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was curious. I was like, if I just if I tap on it a little bit, they'll hear it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. bad for the for the sensors or for the what is the what is it called? All right. All right. Well, I'll All right. Go eat a sandwich. Bye. Good. All right. Good night, guys. Night. See you.